You can belt it out as loud and as boisterous as you want. Or maybe even uh, they've become some of my driving songs. Those songs that I'm singing when I'm driving and people look at me like, what's he saying? What's going on with him? Or my favorite idea for these new songs is that they have become, some of them, my lawnmower songs. While I'm tootling around in my tractor in the yard, I'm just singing all these new songs. So don't blame her. Thank her, okay? They've become great songs that just mean so much to me. And uh, one of them that I have focused on in recent years, it's not brand new, but she's brought it to us. We sang it this morning, Chris Tomlin's song, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And part of the lyric of that song contains the phrases that go like this. It is rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. And that just hit me so hard and hit me so wonderfully that when I learned on Monday afternoon that I would be preaching this morning, I knew all along I'd wanted to do a sermon on that theme at some point. And so today, my whimsy and my joy are great because we're going to focus on the Lord's renown. And I do want it from all of us to rise up all around so many more can hear about it. Now, renown itself can be both a good and a bad thing. Do you realize that? And before we focus upon the Almighty and His worthy and deserved renown, I want us to spend some moments thinking about what has brought a few other people their renown. So I'm going to show you some pictures and I'm going to lead you in some thoughts about what might be the renown of these people. Here's the first one. Recognize that gentleman? Bobby Knight. Now for some, his renown is being a great basketball coach, a winning coach, one of the highest numbers of wins in all the college realm. Maybe that's his renown for you. For some other people, his renown is that he's a bully with a mouthful of foul language, shoving, pushing people, throwing chairs, and that kind of thing. Renown can be both good and bad. Let's remember that. How about the second one? Good old Elvis. Now, again, see, renown can go either way. Some people regard Elvis as the king of rock and roll and one of the greatest ever in in, uh, the musical field. Others, particularly the parents of my generation, would have thought his renown was, oh, he's ruined this country, introducing all that shaking and that gyrating and that moving around. He's ruined us. You see how renown can go? All right, let's move to the third one. Ah, Richard Nixon. I'm not going to get political with you here other than to say again, his renown can go either way. Some people regard Nixon as an absolutely fantastic and skilled politician and diplomat and and governmental leader. Yet others think more about his tricky-dicky side and all the evils associated with Watergate and that kind of thing. Finally, the last one, Tiger Woods known as one of the greatest golfers ever to play the game. Maybe that's his renown in your mind. Well, I'd sure like to play a golf game like him. But for others, maybe his renown is more about all about his uh, marital unfaithfulness 
and all the trouble that caused him. You see how renown can go either way. One more thing about renown in general, and that is it's not just for famous people. So you may be thinking, well, renown, okay, that's great, but I'm just an ordinary person. I've got no renown. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. Everyday people also have a renown. Whether they be your family or your friends or your heroes, they are people who have left a legacy in your life, have left a touch, an impact on your life. Now, maybe that legacy and touch was how much you loved them and how much you cared for them and how much they did for you and how much you loved them and cared for them. Or maybe their renown is that they really did a lot of things to mess up your life. You see how it works. It all comes down to what they've done and how they treated you that gives them their renown. But today's message is about the Lord's renown. And how we need to lift it up as a great anthem to the world. So let's turn our attention back to that. I have two points I want to share with you today. And the first one is this. The Lord's renown. What is it? What does this mean, the Lord's renown? Well, it's just this. The Lord's renown is what God has known for, is known for far and wide. The things that make him famous. The things that make him well known. It is the truth that God has acted marvelously on our behalf. I mean, on behalf of his people. That's you and me. He's looked out for us and done good for us. If we need proof, just open your Bible and start reading. And you'll see time after time and page after page of how much God has done. And as we read that Bible, we learn the story of a holy, sinless God searching for us as sinful people. You see, the Bible is not the story of man's search for God as some want to approach it. The Bible is better understood and more properly understood as God's search for man. And there's a big, big difference in those two ideas. You see, if man is doing the searching, man becomes the center of the story. And I don't know about you, but that concept scares me. It frightens me. It disappoints me and disillusions me. Man is just too fickle to be the center of the story. But if God is doing the searching, then he is the center of the story. And that makes me feel much better. I much prefer a view where God is the main character and the center of the story. I find it far easier to base my faith on that kind of a truth and that kind of a story that God, holy and sinless as he is, is acting and moving in some awesome ways to find me, find you, and restore us all back unto himself. Oh, we praise God this morning. The Lord's renown, what is it? It is the story of redemption. Oh, see, we live in this world surrounded by the ever-present and rampant sin of ourselves and others, but God's love in his search for us is constant. He's always showing favor toward us, looking out for our good. Now, sometimes God's renown is all about the epic, the, the colossal kind of things he does. Sometimes it's about meeting the needs 
of us. Sometimes the Lord's renown is very, very personal and special to us. Sometimes the Lord renowns about something big, some big thing he did. And sometimes it's just about the very small things that he's always doing as well. The Lord's renown is about the grand and glorious. And it's about the simple as well. The Lord's renown is that God is known for his perfect timing, his perfect plan, and his perfect ways. These are the things that have built the reputation, the notoriety, the fame, the renown of our God. He's done countless things for us, for you and me, and for many others as well. In case you need some reinforcements there, let's just take a brief stroll through some scriptures and hear what the Bible writers had to say about this idea. Psalm 76.1 says, God is renowned in Judah, in Israel. His name is great. In Psalm 102 it says, But you, Lord, sit enthroned. Your renown endures through all generations, even till today, because here we are talking about it. Psalm 135 says the same thing that Psalm 102 said, but it reverses the order of the words and says, Your name, Lord, endures forever. Your renown, Lord, through all generations. Isaiah the prophet gets in on this as well when he says, Yes, Lord. Walking in the ways of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desires of our heart. God, we want to know about you. We want to look at what you do and how you do it and why you do it. And then we want to be involved in raising up that great anthem of your Lord's renown. Jeremiah added these words about God. You performed signs and wonders in Egypt... You've continued them to this day in Israel and among all mankind, and you have gained renown that is still yours. Oh, we can claim that today, can't we? That God is still doing things. Big things and littler things because of his renown, that give him his renown. I want to share with you from Daniel chapter 9 also a verse, and I want to share it with you from three different uh, translations or versions, if you will. Daniel 9.15 in the King James reads this way. And now, O Lord our God, thou hast brought thy people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and has gotten thee renown. Us at this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly, Add your parentheses, but your renown, Lord, remains. The message, one of the newer translations of Scripture that I look to every once in a while, reads that verse this way. Master, you are our God. You have delivered your people from the land of Egypt in a show of power. People are still talking about it. That's renown. We confess that we have sinned and that we have lived bad lives. Even in a view of that powerful thing that God did, we still choose sin many times. One other modern translation says it this way. God, you've made a name for yourself. (laughs) 
That's renown. You've made a name for yourself by bringing your people up out of their slavery in Egypt. Even though they and we are terrible sinners, you still thought of us. That's the Lord's renown. The Lord's renown is all he has done, all that he is doing right now, and all that he will do for his people. The Lord's renown is every quiet moment of of assurance of his love and mercy. And it's every loud and bold demonstration of his power and strength. What is the Lord's renown? It's his awesome and mighty deeds. Think about that with me. Again, just taking a walk through the scriptures, we see him creating the world. And we understand that God began with nothing and made something. That is a powerful thing. That is a thing that man cannot do. Man has a lot of wisdom and skill and ability to take things that already are rearrange them, assemble them, gather them up and do whatever and make some wonderful things. But only God is awesome enough to start with nothing and make everything. Move forward with me. Come to the the plagues in Egypt as Israel was there as captives and God wanted them to go to their promised land. And so he caused these terrible, awful plagues, frogs, water to blood, locusts, All these things, even the death of the firstborn child, God acting in big ways to bring about his plan. That's his renown. A little later in the Old Testament, we come to the prophet Elijah, and he challenges the prophets of Baal to this contest on Mount Carmel. You know the story. And so they gather together for the big day, and Elijah says, you guys go first. And so the prophets of Baal... They gather around their altar that they've prepared and they begin praying and asking their God or gods to consume the altar, consume the fire, consume the sacrifice. This goes on for hours and hours and hours. And then they begin to even get more verbal and more bold in their demonstrations. They begin to cut themselves and just do everything they can to convince their God to send this fire. Finally, Elijah says, okay, it's my turn. (laughs) Of course, before he takes his turn, he tells the people to pour water all over the altar. Pour water, pour water, until the trench around it is full as well. It's a soaking wet thing. And Elijah just goes and says, Lord, show yourself to be the only true God. And fire falls from the sky. This is the Lord's renown. Consider the virgin birth. What a miracle. Only by God's hand could Mary be great with child and deliver the son Jesus that would save his people from their sins, would deliver the son Emmanuel, God with us. God did that, and only he can do those kind of things. And of course, we have to mention the resurrection of Jesus. Dead in the grave for three days, Stone rolled away and Jesus walks out alive. That's renown. His mighty deeds, his actions, the things he does. 
This, another thing that his uh, renown is, is it's all about his holy character and his divine being and nature. That God is love. That God treats us with mercy and grace. That God grants us forgiveness of our sin. That God offers us eternal life. That he is sovereign, meaning almighty and all-powerful. He is in control of everything. The Lord's renown is his resplendent glory and unparalleled majesty. The Bible says over and over, there is no one like our God. None like you, O Lord. That's his glory. That's his majesty. That he and he alone is God. No others. The Lord's renown is his great faithfulness, his everlasting love that is undeserved. We're sinners. We're separated from him. His love and and, uh, faithfulness are unconditional. He promises that he's going to be there always for us. It's unending. It's constant. So what is the Lord's renown? It's his unblemished and perfectly proven track record. It's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. The fact that he has done it perfectly every time he's done it. No mistakes, no errors, no slip-ups. That is the Lord's renown. Before we move on to the second point, let me just go on one other stream here for just a moment. And as we talk about the Lord's renown, which we should and I want us to, and I want us to join in that anthem, It's also important that we look a little bit at our own renown, our own reputation, our own claim to fame. As we learn more about God's nature and his renown, we're faced with an inescapable question. And God's renown, considering it and pondering it and praising him for it, should lead us to this very necessary question. The question is, what am I known for? What's my reputation? What have I accomplished? Has my life mattered? What is my renown? And what am I going to do to make it more like the Lord's renown? That's a question we need to ponder. We need to think about and ask ourselves often and ask ourselves openly and honestly and then change the things that need to be changed so that we're more pleased with the answer. The Lord's renown, what is it? The Lord's renown, what do I do about it? Okay, can't disagree with the thing you said, Virgil. Right there with you the whole time, but so what? The Lord is great and mighty. The Lord's renown has followed him from the beginning of time. Yeah, I know all that. But what does it mean to me? What am I going to do about it? How's it going to affect me? Lord, do you really want me to do something now that I know this, that I think about this? And so I would suggest that the Lord would say, yes, I want you to do some things with my renown. And the first of those is I want you to appreciate it, to be thankful for it, to take note of it, to cherish it, to treasure it deeply, to build 
a very intimate and personal relationship with the God who has such renown. He is willing. He is searching for you and wants to find you and wants to be with you. As we appreciate it, we'll also say, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to grow and mature in my faith. So we need to appreciate his renown. We also need to imitate his renown. This means we need to determine that we're going to constantly live and love like him. That we're going to follow his example. That we're going to obey his commands. God, I want to be like you. I want my renown to be more like yours. So I'm going to imitate yours. So people will say, there's something different about this guy. Why? And it'll be because I'm imitating the Lord. The next thing we need to do with the Lord's renown is that we need to narrate it. We need to be ready to testify of him, to witness, to share our faith, to tell our story about what our lives are like with God, particularly as opposed to what they were like before or without God. So we need to narrate this thing. We need to testify. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. If you are somebody who the Lord has intervened in and brought you to a much better place, then you need to be ready to say it, to tell it, to narrate it. I do the same. We come to the pages of the New Testament. You read in Romans 10. How then can they call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard of? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? God has done marvelous and awesome things. And we need to join in telling the story. That's what God tells us to do. And that's how other people will come to know more about this renown. That's why I got excited about this message and this idea. We also need to anticipate. As we think about the Lord's renown, we need to understand that it doesn't stop when we pass. When we come to the end of our earthly life, the Lord's renown keeps going. And he has promised us a wonderful reward. And he has told us that someday he will return in glory And then he'll take us all to heaven for our final and blessed reward from his hand. We can look forward to the future with a confident expectation. Not a conceit or an arrogance. But a confident expectation that as we anticipate the Lord's return, we can know peace. Because we know through Christ, we win. We are on the winning side. So that's what we do with the Lord's renown. That's what we're supposed to do about it. These things I've just mentioned. We need to believe it and trust it. We need to worship him for it. We need to proclaim it. We need to brag on it. We need to focus on it and let it touch our lives. The Lord's renown. Do you remember there at the triumphal entry story as Jesus was coming into Jerusalem on the donkey and the people were laying down their coats and their jackets for the path to to let Jesus uh, pass by. And they're shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna! And the religious leaders gather 
the disciples around and, 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 his, and Jesus and say, listen, uh, you need to calm down. <laughs> you, you need to chill out here. You're being too loud. You're being too bold. You remember Jesus' answer? He told those religious leaders, listen, if these people don't shout it, the rocks will shout it. Friends, the Lord's renown will be made known. We have first dibs. So let it rise up all around. The anthem of the Lord's renown. You know, it's funny how things work out. Uh, this week, I'm watching a commercial. I'm watching the news on TV, getting ready for the morning, and a commercial comes on for a certain air conditioning and uh, ventilation company, I think in Indianapolis. And they go on and on and on, and then at the end of their commercial, they, they put a little thing down there that says, and we're the world-renowned company. It's amazing. As I started preparing for this lesson, the very next morning, there's that word in my ear. Kind of verification, maybe, for what I wanted to say. But the sad thing is, friends, this world-renowned company, I'd never heard of it. I believe I'm in this world. So if it's world-renowned, I should have heard it. I close with this application, friends. The Lord has a worldwide renown, but there are some who still don't know it and don't appreciate it and don't participate in it. And that calls you and me then to raise up that anthem every chance we get. Oh, it doesn't have to be a fancy and formal thing. It can just be a few words about, I was having this problem the other day and I talked to the Lord about it and he brought me what I needed. He answered my prayers. He met my needs. Or it could be something more dramatic like, oh, my life before Jesus was just so awful and headed nowhere. And once I met him and connected to him and let him be my savior, things are so much better. The Lord's renown. Are you aware of it? Yes, you are. Are you thankful for it? I hope you are. Are you raising up the anthem every chance you get? Well, the Lord's renown starts with what he does for each one of us individually. And so this morning, if you are here and you are not a part of the Lord's family, you've not obeyed him and followed him as the scripture tells us to do. If you've not accepted Jesus as your savior, repented of your sins, confessed Jesus as Lord, been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the Holy Spirit to come within you. If you've not done these things, then it's time for you to take these moments and say, I want to be in the middle of that renown. I want to have something to tell people. And there's nothing better you can tell them than the Lord's renown. So this morning, if you've got a decision to make, as we stand together and sing our song of invitation, make your way forward and let us know about that decision. We'll pray and be with you all we can to help. Come forward as we sing our song this morning.